with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. And again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Octopolis. And the people brought him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. And then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephetata, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed. And he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished. And they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Many of you have been to Newton Grove, a small farming community between here and Wilmington. It's an interesting story, the story of the church in that area. Some of you know this story. It's a doctor by the name of Dr. Monk. He received some information in the mail about the church. I forget exactly how he received it. He was very impressed with what he read, became a Catholic, and converted much of the town along with him. If you go to that church today, there's an interesting stained glass window. In that window is depicted Dr. Monk, and the finger of God is coming down out of heaven and touching him. But God touched Newton Grove at that point in him. When most of us think of being touched by God, we think of having an emotional experience of God. And those things are all very wonderful, but they aren't the most important by any means. The touch of God comes to us in many ways primarily through our intellect and our will. It comes in pain and suffering. It comes constantly throughout our lives, the touch of God. Much of the time we don't see it. We aren't looking, we aren't thinking about it, but God is there. Very often in the midst of anxiety or depression or confusion, the touch of God will be there because God can overcome anything. Today's gospel, we have an example of the touch of God. 
The people bring our Lord a deaf man who has a speech impediment. We don't know his name, once again. We don't know how long he's had the impediment, from birth or only at some point. We never hear of him again, but he's here for the moment. Notice what happens. They bring the man. They intercede for him. Intercession is important. Does our Lord know what they want? Of course he does. But he expects them to ask. He expects us to ask, which is why our relationship to the saints is so important, their intercession for us. They ask our Lord to do this. Our Lord takes him off by himself. Once again, remember, in the Bread of Life discourse, they wanted the wrong kind of Messiah. This crowd does too. They want a political Messiah. And our Lord has come not for that, but for the cross. So he takes him off by himself to try to keep the matter somewhat quiet while he breaks one more chain of evil found in this man, a symbol of the ultimate breaking of the chain that will come in the cross. Now he does something we see on occasion, not very often. Once again, remember what it's called. It's called a theandric action, an action in which our Lord's divine nature and human nature combine to produce an effect. Once again, if you're a seminary professor, you never make it sound that simple. But, and if you read the great theologians, a theandric action is a very complex thing, although it's very simple too. Bishop Sheen, you know, once taught theology at the Dossison Seminary in London. And he was very new at it then, he said. And he was teaching a class of deacons, lecturing them on theandric actions. He had made two promises when he was ordained, when he was going to be teaching or preaching. One, that he would never sit, and two, that he would never read. So he said he spent a great deal of time studying St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Bonaventure and all the great theologians about theandric actions. But he said that when he walked into the classroom, if he had met a theandric action coming out, he wouldn't have recognized it. And he preached, or rather lectured, for about an hour and 15 minutes on theandric actions, if you can imagine such a thing. When it was over with, he was leaving the classroom, and one deacon turned to the other and said, said, oh, Professor Sheen is such an illuminating lecturer. Um, And Bishop Sheen turned to him and said, what did I say? And the deacon said, well, I don't quite know. And and Bishop Sheen said, neither do I. Uh, And he said that that's where he learned if you're confusing, you get the reputation for being learned, which can often happen. In any event, our Lord does something to him. He touches him uh, twice. That's important in life, isn't it? Can you imagine what it would be like to never be touched? An infant will die if it's not touched. It may not be often, but imagine if we couldn't shake hands or embrace someone we loved, particularly in marriage. It would be a rather terrible life, because human beings... Touch means something. If we were angels, it wouldn't mean anything, but we're not angels. Touch means something, even if it's something seemingly insignificant. I think sometimes, you know, when people are courting, that they have all kinds of rather beautiful, innocent touches that they would make. A hug, maybe, or a chaste kiss, or whatever it might be. And sometimes in marriage they lose that. It's too bad, because it's something we need all the time in, in different ways, but in marriage in particular. But it's true with friendship. A handshake means something. And so our Lord's going to touch this man 
But he doesn't always do it. Sometimes he just does it with a command, sometimes even from a distance, but not with this man. He puts his fingers into his ears and spitting, saliva, I believed, had the, the power of the individual, he touches his tongue. He looks up to heaven and groans. Why would he groan? Because he sees the cross. Once again, he's about to break a chain of evil. The chain will only be broken ultimately at the cross. Every time he heals, he sees the cross. He sees his passion. He groans and says, Ephephatha, be opened. And the man is cured. His ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed. And our Lord tells him to tell no one, but of course he wants to tell everyone, and he does. It makes it impossible for our Lord to wander around easily. He has to try to be alone by himself. But people are excited. Of course they are. Wouldn't we be? They won't be so excited when the cross comes, though. Who will be there? Friends? Very, very few. Mostly enemies. But for the moment, they're excited because he's done something well in their He's cured somebody. We like that. We all do. Sometimes God does that. But the touch of God comes to us, as we know, primarily in the sacraments, in, in ordinary ways. Every single sacrament involves a touch in some way or another uh, when we receive it, whether it be the touch in baptism that comes through the anointing with oil and then the pouring of water, many, the many different touches in the rite of baptism. Same thing in confirmation. There's the touch in the laying on of hands. And all of them, there's a laying on of hands, the anointing of the sick, a touch in the anointing. In marriage, the couple touches one another. They hold hands and they exchange rings. And so on. But in particular, of course, the greatest of all touches comes in the Eucharist. That is the great finger of God not just coming down, but actually coming to us in the reality of who he is. This man experienced a touch which we think is wonderful. We would like to have received that, wouldn't we? We received something far greater than he received. We received the one who touches coming into us to transform us. That's the beauty of it. I said sometimes the touch is exciting. Sometimes we don't feel so excited, but it doesn't matter because the Lord's coming. And we can respond because we are transformed by that. This man wanted to tell everybody we should too in our own way. The world should know by, simply by seeing us that we have been touched by God in this way. And we can say to them, we'll take you where you can experience the same touch that we did. Come with us and we will show you. So today then we rejoice in what God has done for us. We rejoice in the healing that comes to us from the touch of God. We rejoice in the future that's given to us through the touch of God. And most of all, we realize that having once been touched, we should never be the same again. And the world must know that we have never and will never be the same again. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people touched by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy for the church throughout the world, that she will always be a visible sign of God's presence. She will touch people, particularly through her sacraments. 
the healing and strengthening of the church in our own country. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will receive the touch of God as it comes through the church, as Jesus Christ comes to them. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, for those who experience the cross of Christ in any way, they may know that they are touched by him in their suffering and united in his suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have left the Lord, we pray to the Lord. For the legal protection of the unborn, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who are touched by God will then be visible signs of his presence. For a greater reverence for the presence of Jesus Christ in marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, Realizing the grace of their orders, they may then be visible signs of that courageously in these difficult times. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For Father Ty, for his healing, for his strengthening, we pray to the Lord. And for all of us here, having been touched by God, especially in the Eucharist, we may become visible signs of what we have received. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Eucharist as we sing. Mm-hmm. 